You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, episode 18. This is Writing Excuses Blocking. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm moving to the left swiftly. Okay. And let's talk about blocking. We will also do a little bit of fight sequence stuff in here because blocking is very important to fight sequences. However, I do believe we've done like an actual fight sequence episode, so we'll try not to repeat ourselves too much. Let's define blocking. This is actually a stage term, mm -hmm. so Mary, I'm going to give it to you. Certainly. Blocking uh, refers to where the actors, or in this case your characters, are on the stage and where they have to move on the stage. Okay. So point A to point B and yep. where they starting and ending positions. As we use this in writing terms, it's the way by which you make the reader aware of where everyone is standing, 
where they're moving and where they are in relation to one another. So this can be vitally important. Yes. And it can be also completely unimportant in some scenes. That's true. And uh, one of the things that I'm just going to add to to that that you have to mm -hmm. do in writing that you do not have to do on the stage is you also have to tell people where the scenery is. Yes, you do. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say where the people are in relation to each other and where they are in relation to the gun on the mantelpiece. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk to our listeners about how to do this correctly and how to not do this. Now, sometimes I say it's not that important. Um, it really depends. Like, as everything, we say this every week, on the type of writing you're doing. In 90% of cases, cases, this is going to be very important. For instance, in the beginning to enders game that you've already mentioned mm -hmm. um, a couple months back, it was not so important because it was just supposed to be a white room. Right. Um, however, most of your stories are not happening in a right white room with vo disembodied voices speaking to one another. And in that case, your reader is going to want to imagine and visualize what's happening. Now, this, as always, is going to be a balance. You don't want to put in so much blocking and detail that you're weighing the story down. Yet you want to give enough that they are able to evoke the image in their heads that they want to. I, I find that where possible, I try to have my blocking do two things. But, you mm -hmm. know, on stage, um, we say action is reaction. Mm -hmm. That, you know, where you move it is uh, part of conveying how the character feels about something. Okay, excellent. So when I'm do, doing that uh, on the page, I feel like it's very much the same thing, that if, I am, if I'm taking the trouble to move my character, that I'm doing it for a reason. Right. Yeah. Um, if, uh, let, me, let me give you a, a sentence. You know, he stepped closer and lowered his voice. Mm -hmm. uh, in the context of a conversation, this could be a, uh, a romantic moment that's getting more romantic, or it could be a violent moment impending. Um, either way, what you've, uh, what you've conveyed there is, I think, much more effective than saying, you know, he, he said angrily or right. he said tenderly. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a, a show-don't-tell sort of thing. Um, one thing to also keep in mind with blocking, uh, when I run into troubles with blocking, it's because I'm kicking a reader out of the story because I haven't done my blocking correctly. For instance, sometimes as I'm doing um, revisions, I'll run across a line edited by the editor. Um, recently, it's been Harriet with a memory of light. And I'll say, you know, the character did such and such. And she's like, wait a minute, that character was on a horse. Um, and I'm like, well, to me, I conveyed, you know, rode up and then entered the, um, the building as being, <laughs> you know, but in her head, wait a minute, she just put the horse in the building mm -hmm. because I didn't say got off the horse and went into the building. And some of these things are going to be details that you don't think are necessary. You're going to have to decide as a writer how far you go. Usually I want to be as clear as possible. And so if a, even a certain small percentage of people are going to be confused, is the horse entering the building? I want to be as clear as possible because it horse could enter a building it would be a very different scene if they rode the horse right in through you know the doors mm -hmm. and, and 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 said something so yes at the same time when you're doing this you do not want to be so clear and detailed that it's yeah he rode up to the horse uh, to the, to, he rode up to the horse he rode up to the house swung his left leg over yes. the back of the horse feeling the strain of the right you don't need to describe every single moment you can yeah. in mm -hmm. fact just say he rode up to the building got off the horse and went in yep. yeah yeah um, and and all this depends again on, on what you're trying to convey exactly if you're if you want to make a specific point about how much he loves this horse yeah. then you'll spend a few lines telling us you know that he tied him up gently and patted him on the neck and gave him an apple or whatever 
you know, because that says something important about the character. Yeah. yeah. If, yes. Um, but, and and to, that gets back to the thing that I was saying where I try to have, make sure that my blocking is doing something, that I'm having someone move for a reason. And one of the things that you can also do is um, set up an action later with your blocking beforehand. For instance, if I need a character to, um, to pick up a gun from a table, instead of having him cross to the table right when he needs to pick it up, I can move him to the table on a line earlier mm-hmm. and have that express some emotion. You know, like, the, uh, in, in the heat of the moment, you know, yeah. it, the, he, the, he turned away from her and strode over to the table. Yeah. And then he's right by the table. I already have him there. And I've already said, there's a table in this room. Right. Another thing to use blocking for, we've mentioned before, is um, beats. Yes. Meaning at the start of a sentence, it gets a little bit boring sometimes to always say he said, she said. Yet you do need to keep repeating these things sometimes in stories where there are three or more people having a conversation together. And so you will use short blocking beats Mm -hmm. to remind the reader that this is happening in a room, that there are other people there, that people are moving around, that things are happening. Uh, The balance is not to distract from the conversation. But if you say... You know, Mary slammed her hands down on the table. That is what we call a beat. And mm-hmm. the next line that comes will be hers, yes. unless it's on another line. You don't then have to say, she said. Sometimes when I am unclear as I'm writing about exactly what is in the room or what that body language is, um, but I have the, I, I've got the flow of the, the dialogue going. I've got the, mm-hmm. the, the energy. I will go ahead and uh, what we call from theater, rough block it. So I'll say... You know, I'll have my line of dialogue. She turned, uh, you know, yeah. I can't believe you said that. And then I'll have bracket, body language, bracket. And I'll come mm. back and fill that in later so that I know exactly what it is that I want them to do. Basically, I write the script and then figure out the blocking afterwards. Interesting. Sometimes. Not all the time, but every now mm. and then, that's very useful for me. Now, another thing that uh, blocking can be used for is to convey a passage of time mm. that uh, mm-hmm. might not be clear. You know, there are, there are lulls in conversation and if you say, you know, nobody said anything for a minute, that's kind of boring. Right. But, uh, you know, Bob, Bob put his hands in his pockets and scuffed one foot against the floor, looked around at Mary, looked at Dan, looked back at his feet, and then says something. Yeah. You've conveyed the passage of time and you've conveyed some emotion in a way that you couldn't convey otherwise. Man, Howard, you're good at this for somebody who never actually has to write it. Who can you know what's cheat. really tricky? You know what's really tricky mm-hmm. for me is communicating that passage of time uh, in the comic strip without having to draw a bunch of pictures that have no text. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the solution for me is to draw pictures that have no text. Right. Um, it's uh, every so often I will... I will throw in a scene break, uh, a little scene break bar that indicates yeah. time has passed, the setting may have shifted a little bit, uh, and often that's a setup for a punchline. Um, but if I have characters who have been yelling at each other mm-hmm. and now they are going to scowl, yeah. I have to draw them scowling and I have to trust the reader not to just scan past that panel. Oh, this isn't important, there's no dialogue. No, right. look at them. I put that picture there for a reason. Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. 
They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's do our book of the week. Our book of the week is Monster Hunter Alpha. Um, oh, I'd be happy to plug this. Monster Hunter Alpha is the third in uh, Larry Correa's uh, Monster Hunter International series. Um, the first book was the one that, uh, that put him on the map. And this third book is a little different from the first two in that our protagonist is not uh, uh, Owen Pitt. It is uh, it's the Earl werewolf Harbinger. boss. Yeah, Earl... Earl Harbinger. And without going into any more detail, I'll just say that it's uh, lots of fun and full of action scenes that Larry has carefully blocked out. He's, he's pretty good at blocking the action so that you can tell what's going on, so that there's tension happening. Um, this is a, a good one to have a look at. All right. Or to have a listen to, go mm-hmm. to audiblepodcast.com excuse, start a 30-day trial membership, and download a copy of Monster Hunter Alpha by Larry Correa for free. Very good. Yeah. So how do we do this? That's Oh, Barry, you, you I was about to, to answer here. that question. Okay, well, how do we do this, and what advice can you give our listeners? 
Um, the thing that I would say, first of all, is that you want to establish your geography before you have to use it. Okay. Um, so that means taking a few moments to establish what terrain the establishing we're shot. Yes. Yeah. And this is, I'm going to point out uh, uh, Jackie Chan films. The early Jackie Chan <laughs> films, uh, the fight scenes were excellent at establishing the geography mm -hmm. and showing you where everything was before he started to use it. Oh my Late, goodness, there's a stepladder. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what is he doing with that? Uh, Jackie Chan films that are shot Hollywood style, the more recent ones are terrible at this because he doesn't have as much creative control. Mm -hmm. And they will get so tight in that you cannot tell where the action is happening, just that there's a lot of action. Yeah. And that gets very confusing. And on the page where you can only show the reader one thing at a time, the importance of giving them that information in the order in which they need it becomes really huge. You know, if you oh. don't um, set up your location before it's required. Mm -hmm. Really, what you're doing is a very small scale Deus Ex Machina. Yes. All of a sudden, your character needs a gun on a table, and oh, good, I just added one in one sentence before he needed mm -hmm. it. And and one of the tricks, again, when you're rough blocking something, is to, and this happens on stage sometimes that. The director will run up, put the gun on the table, and then you'll go back later and figure out when you, how that gun gets there. Yeah. Now, it's that okay. said, it's okay. Uh, you know, Bob reached into the desk drawer. Uh, Mary screamed something at Bob. Bob pulled his hand out of the desk drawer. There was now a gun in it, uh, in his hand. Yes. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me fix. <laughs> Bob put a gun in the desk drawer and closed it. I'm not going to shoot you, said Bob. <laughs> um, but you see. As you, you know. know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> showing, showing the hand go into the desk drawer, showing, well, showing something come out of a hiding place isn't Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, right. that, you that's, that's when you're specifically trying to surprise somebody. Exactly. Yes. However, pulling it out of a desk that you didn't know was in the room in the first place, that is problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the Bill and Ted scene. Like, yes. we really need a garbage can right there. Bink! And there it is. And if, you're, if you are having trouble with this, one trick that I use sometimes is I will go ahead and draw a diagram. Hmm. You know, I'll do, I'll do the ground plan where I show everything from above and kind of move it around. And sometimes I will even act the thing out in the room if I'm really having trouble. It's like, how long does it take me to cross a room? Mm-hmm. Here's a blocking thing, very small blocking thing that drives me crazy in books. Uh, people who are drinking beverages, and it's like the number of cups of coffee that someone will go through in a single scene would be enough to hospitalize most people. <laughs> and whiskey, what are they doing? It's like, actually think about how long it takes to drink a glass of milk, how long it takes to eat popcorn before you ha have your character get up and go get more of it. I love your idea of diagramming a, a scene or a room because I did that at the end of my book, A Night of Blacker Darkness, mm. because that book was heavily based on the kind of stage play farces like Noises Off. And oh, so yeah. when I get to the final sequence where everyone's, you know, closing doors and the right person has to be in the right place, I did. I diagrammed what the whole floor plan of the house looked like so that I could do it right. What are the tricks you use, Brandon? <laughs> I was about to, to say we should, we should talk a little bit about fight sequences. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, blocking-wise, I kind of rely on the reader a lot. Um, and, in fact, blocking is one of those things that I frequently get wrong in first draft. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about my, my story, The Emperor's Soul. The, there's only one sequence in there where the blocking matters a lot. But the blocking was fairly off in my early draft. And it would confuse people about... Who, what she was doing, where, and things like this. And fight sequences are where that really comes to a head for a lot of people because 
things are people are rushing about um, and they're getting intermixed and it's very important to know what specific characters are doing. And so for fight sequences, I actually, I write them through going with the rhythm of the, of the moment. What's exciting, what's interesting. My, my cardinal rule, we talked about this in the fight scenes podcast. My cardinal rule is be interesting mm-hmm. and simple blow by blow is not interesting. The simple blow by blow is actually the blocking. Who's hitting who, where they're standing, all of these things. And that's important. I add it in afterward. I make sure I've got a scene that's interesting, that's emotionally powerful for the character. Then I make sure that they're all standing in the right places. Mm-hmm. I really liked the fight scene in your novella, The Emperor's Soul, mm-hmm. uh, because it's basically a short story in which there's a very two very clear arcs. One is, I wonder how I can take these skeletons down, and she figures out that by removing certain bones she can do it. Mm-hmm. And the second one is, can I kill them before they do enough damage that I can't hurt them anymore? And so it's a very clear, you know, I dropped one, but I took this wound in the arm, and so I'm weaker now, and now that limits my ability to fight the next one. And you can follow that very clearly through. Yeah, you make a narrative structure. Um, I like my fight sequences to each have a mini narrative structure with delineated goals and, uh, and objectives and breaking it down very to its most simple parts. Can I survive long enough? Can I get them all before I'm too wounded to, to fight back? Or how do I wound them? That sort of thing works very well for me in a fight sequence. I've seen... I've seen fight sequences done in, uh, uh, well, obviously lots of different ways, but uh, the way I categorize it is, uh, in, in, in terms of done right, um, there is the solid blocking where you know pretty much everything that's happening, which is what happened in uh, Emperor's Soul, mm-hmm. and then there's what uh, uh, Larry Correa described as the screaming slap fight, yeah. uh, where you've got fog of war going on, and the point of view character can't really tell where the bullets are coming from or where the fists are coming from and it's the authorial equivalent of shaky cam yeah Mm -hmm. it's much more effective than shaky cam because shaky cam just disorients the viewer and makes us angry and nauseous michael bay are you listening Mm. um (laughs) whereas this technique gets you inside of the character's head and helps you to feel the fog of war the way that character would feel it. right and when i'm doing a sequence like that my trick is to Fog of war, everything's chaotic. Zoom in on the single individual fight. Yes. Yep. And then once that's done, we look up and we see a little bit of what's going on. Like the fog lifts a little bit, but then it's still chaos and whatnot. And you focus in on the individual fight again. So it's kind of a back and forth. It's like this narrative um, rhythm we talked about before within the, ba- the fight itself. Mm-hmm. And the specific blocking that you use and the amount of knowledge that you give your characters can say a lot about how competent they are. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things that, um, because believe it or not, I do have fight sequences in my Regency. Um, But one of the things that I do is that I, because my POV character is not experienced at this, she will look away from the fight for a moment and then look back and I have moved everybody. Um, So I've, instead of having to explain (laughs) the entire fight sequence, I can just show you the beginning and the end of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is handy sometimes. <laughs> it's cheating, but I'm very fond of that. It's, it's not cheating in the stories you write. No, it's not cheating in those. In others, it would absolutely be cheating. Yep. All right, let's do a writing prompt. Write a fight scene. Okay, let's add something <laughs> on top of it. Let's, you're going to write a fight scene, and I want you to have four write a people involved. Jackie Chan fight scene. No, no, four people is too many to juggle at first. I think four is good. It's going to force them to stretch. You're a novel writer. It's going to force them to stretch. Four people fighting and keep track of them all and where they are. One I of think... them can one of them can die early. Yeah, one of them can die early. 
<laughs> you don't think you think four people is a is is a lot, huh? For a fight scene. Um, I, I think when you're learning to write things. Mm -hmm. You went to a different high school than Brandon did. Oh, <laughs> Got to watch those Mormon boys. Uh, so right. single POV, mm -hmm. single POV fight scene? Sure. Okay. Write a fight scene. Yeah. All right. Details are up to you. <laughs> so then write excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. A fight scene. Between Mary and Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.